Hey, 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 you guys. I'm so excited to have another special guest here on season seven of Black Canvas. And if you guys have not heard of Joe Corzo, you're going to learn a lot about him today. He's an actor and a stand-up comedian. He's done a lot of amazing things, and we're just so glad to have him on the show. Joe Corzo moved to Los Angeles from the Bay Area in 2017, as many of his predecessors before him, to continue furthering the journey of becoming a working professional entertainer in this industry. If stand-up comedy wasn't enough, he currently expanded his attributes as an actor, which is a dream come true for himself, proving that once again, no matter how far-fetched a dream may be, it is all about continuing to put in the work to refine one's craft as well as oneself. With strong faith, work ethic, and a support system of family, friends, and fans, he is well on his way of becoming an established member of the entertainment industry that he wholeheartedly loves. He has performed as a host, opener, and feature for multiple national headliners such as Tommy Davidson, Sinbad, Bobby Collins, and John Witherspoon, just to name a few. He is also a producer of his own comedy showcase called Joe Time Comedy Presents that features talent from all over. Not to mention winning first place at the One Mike Comedy Competition in 2014. He also performs in numerous showcases at many well-known establishments with his stage presence, high energy, witty personality, comedic timing, situational humor, clever wordplay, and hilarious anecdotes and analogies. He is amazing, and we're so glad to have him here. He's had experience, you guys, working on sets like All Rise, which is one of my favorite shows, Animal Kingdom. He's been in NCIS. And if you guys didn't know, he was in a Super Bowl commercial. He played a principal in 2020. And so, Joe, we're so glad to have you here on the show. Thank you for making time to be here on Black Camp. Oh, man. Thank you, Jarrell. I appreciate the introduction. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, I'm excited. I love having new people on the show. And when I was looking at your credits, first of all, being on the same stage or working with the likes of like Sinbad. I love Sinbad, one of my favorite comedians of all time. So I was like, man, Joe has to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's amazing, man. Like, I learned a lot from him just by watching him, man, you know, and just listening to him. You know, if you're ever in a room with him, he's just electrifying, you know. He uh, he's very humbled and he's always about the people around him and who's in front of him. He's not detached. It's uh, really amazing to see. And that's amazing to hear because you sometimes hear those um, scared uh, war stories that we sometimes hear about, like things that go on in the industry. And I love to hear that someone who I look up to actually matches what you said. Now, there is a celebrity. I'll talk to you about him off off the website because okay. this guy was kind of very rude. And I was I met him. I was like, oh, this wasn't what I was expecting. But <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're not going to put blast oh, wow. on here. But it was just it was one of those things. That like, yeah, man, yeah. this was really not. I've really watched you for many years. And I was like, this was not what I was expecting. So I'm glad Sinbad was great. Oh, yeah. No, he's a he's a class act for sure. Awesome. So that's one thing Joe has in common, right? <laughs> All right. So Joe, I'm going to go into the questions. If you're ready, I'm going to go straight into it, if that's okay. All right. So I want you to Let's first tell me about 
you're producing Joe Time Comedy and winning first place on the One Mic Comedy Competition in 2014. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, so the first part, um, I guess it's a two-parter because it's two different questions because those are two separate things. Uh, which one do you want to hear first, the production or do you want to hear about the competition? Um, the production first. Production, well, basically, you know, when I started out with stand-up, uh, it's like you start off with anything, you know. I didn't really have uh, any really ex- experience doing anything, you know. I just kind of dove in. And after a while, you start to realize, like, getting time and stage time uh, was important. And so I came up with a idea of like, well, I didn't come up with it. I just adopted it, which every time I got invited to do a show that was produced by an independent producer, uh, they would have other people that produce shows as well on their show and they would share time. They wouldn't necessarily pay each other unless, you know, but for the most part, it was more like cross marketing, cross networking. Right. So I was like, well, if I want more stage time and more experience, what if I created my own show and invited comics that I thought were funny and I would just host it and, or, uh, you know, open it or, play any position that needed to be filled. Um, And it would be a great way to not just make money, but also to create a space for me to grow as a comic. And uh, yeah, it's just something you had more control of. (laughs) So it was just, yeah, something to kind of create and have uh, for me to give a platform for other people that were on the rise that I thought were funny and give them a platform to showcase their talents. Cause not producing is not for everybody. It's very challenging. And I love that you mentioned that Joe, because I think that was a smart business move as well is because when you can build relationships with other people, especially who are in the same field as you are, then we all know word of mouth plays a huge role in this industry. And you have to remember like if I'm producing a show, I get to choose, you know, like the setup. It kind of reminds me of like with a lot of artists um, when you have like the opening act and then you, of course, have the person who closes the show. Being a producer, you get to kind of look at everyone's talent and decide what's going to keep the interest of the crowd. Or if y'all had any practicing before, then you kind of know how you want it to be because it's your name that's attached to this. So I think that's a great. Exactly, exactly. I was kind of challenged by a lot of uh, other uh, productions that I was a part of where it would be like a bringer show, a bringer show consists of, you know, you would have to bring five or more people to be on the show. And so what they were doing is they were banking on other comics to be able to f- fill seats for them, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's a route, that's an option. But for me, you know, um, I was on the rise at the time. I was, you know, still, learning and just getting stage time and I wasn't really telling people I did stand up and so sometimes it'd be challenging to get on a show that was a bringer show especially if you're in LA and I don't have friends and family in LA at the time so and those are bringer shows sometimes too and so when I created the show I wanted to create it in a way where how would I want a show how would I want it to be uh ran you know what I mean 
So I didn't really expect people to promote my show or to put butts in the seats. That was my job. And then I just expected them and uh, told them, hey, just bring the funny. There's a reason why I hired you is because I think you're funny and just bring that. And so it takes the pressure away from the performance. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But I think, Joe, that just shows that you have a vision for what you want for yourself and that you were able to make it align with your values. Like I mentioned in his bio, you guys, having a strong spiritual belief system, having faith, having belief in yourself. Because you don't believe in what you're selling, no one's going to want to buy it. So, <laughs> facts. <laughs> if, yeah. If you, don't, if you don't like it, why would somebody else like it? Yeah. Joe, I tell you, in my career, I've seen it happen so many times. Well, I worked professionally as a counselor. And then I see people who try their hardest to try to sell themselves in a certain way. And I know it's a little different than what you're doing, but I would say you have to be yourself. Like, you know, clients can pick up on BS a mile away and you have to just kind of be aware. Like if you want to do something the right way, you have to align yourself. You have to make sure you're in the right spiritual, psychological, emotional standpoint. Everything, everything needs to line up. Definitely. Holistically, for sure. All right. So the second part of that question was, can you tell us about winning first place at the one mic comedy competition? Yeah, the one mic comedy competition. Uh, that was fun. It was uh, 2014, I believe. It was in Oakland. And I was invited to that, as were a few other comics. And it was just one of those opportunities where I never was really into um, comedy competitions too much. Um, you know, in the beginning I was, but that is a whole different beast in itself. You know what I mean? Try being funny on purpose just to be funny on purpose. Now try to be funny on purpose with uh, a prize on the line and reputation on the line. And you know what I mean? <laughs> I most kind definitely of, know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, that kind of splits your your mindset and your point of view. And, you know, you're really not necessarily able to uh, be you, so to speak. You're really... You know, because most of the time you see money on the line. We were starving artists at the time. So, you know, you want to win and, you know, you're trying everything. But it's all subjective. You start to realize that every night, not even just every night, but every moment you're on stage is different. Depending on the crowd, depending on where you are in the lineup. Like, imagine, like, you open up the show. Uh, Some people aren't even warm yet. And or you're at the end of the tail end of the show and people are already tired of seeing all these comics come up already. <laughs> and so you're and it depends. Is it the audience that's voting? Is it the, is there judges that are voting? And so it, it becomes a challenge. And sometimes people bring other people. And then if it's the audience, then, you know, you have a lot of people that are more popular than other people. Uh there's politics involved. Some people want other people to win because they're already, um, you know, on that tipping point of winning or not winning, but crossing over in the industry. So this will give them an, a one up. So there's just so many things to take into consideration. And so for me, um, I, I did a couple competitions before and sometimes never got past the first round. That becomes a little challenging mentally because you're like, you know, am I not funny? Is it, you you start to question your, your abilities, but after a while I started to embrace, you know, competition and understand that not just the competition in itself, but 
just friendly competition as well. Like if my buddies are doing better, then I recognize that. And I don't, and everybody that's ever went to the next level, I've always recognized them and congratulated them because I know how much work they put in. I know where they started. So it also gives me hope and motivation and, and inspires me to keep going because your number will get called as long as you stay in line. You keep, uh, you know, putting in the work, keeping your head down and just put in the work. And so when the one mic uh, comedy competition was uh, presented, I was like, hey, let's do it, you know. And uh, when I went, I invited some people and I remember talking to other comedy uh, competition winners and I was just asking them, like, you know, how did you prepare your set? And most of them were saying, well, in a comedy competition, it's a little different than a regular set. Regular set, you know, you could stretch it out. But in a comedy competition, it's tight. Most, most likely it's like five minutes and you just got to bring your best material and you got to come in strong. You got to come in hard and you got to smack the mind in the mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then from there, you just start adding on as much as you can and come out like rapid fire, so to speak. And with confidence and just get the crowd on your side. And that's what ended up happening. I was at, you know, at that time, 2014, I was about five years in. So I was already a little seasoned and I had a comedy competition under my belt already to go in there and execute. And I went in there and just had fun. That was my biggest thing was just have fun. Uh, and, and realize that it that's why we're doing it. It's not about winning. It's not about thing. It's about being up there showcasing your best of your ability and what you want to show and ended up coming out on top. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe, what was the prize um, that you won at the end? It was a cash prize. Uh, it wasn't too much money, but it was cash prize. Then you had bragging rights for the year and then you know, then you get opportunities to produce, uh, with the producer of the show to do other shows with them, uh, not just the comedy competition, but other shows that they produced as well. And then obviously, um, other people were in the audience that I got invited to do other shows from them too. Man, that's amazing. Uh, that's kind of your gift makes room for you. If you've heard that phrase before, and I think that's amazing. And then also I wanted to say, I love that you said your number will be called if you stay in line. I love that. That's a great motto for people to use in their lives of, you know, as long as you stay focused and you're intuitive within yourself and you're willing to go a different step towards your goals that you will get your break. It just may not be on the same level as someone else, but that's okay. Success is all relative in my opinion. Yeah. I, I believe that success is, you know, is equivalent to, or the way I gauge success is, what 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 am I doing better than what I've done before? You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm constantly doing I'm not it's not what other people have done and doing better than them. It's what I've done before and doing better than that. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I, I love that. Yeah. You know I mean? So it because it, it's a game, right? Like life and business is a game. It's a game we're playing, it's a game we're enjoying, but in a game we got to know the rules and we got to know the score, right? That's most important. And if you don't know the rules and you don't know the score, it's not fun, right? But the funny thing about this life and business is the rules are created by us. We create the rules. We adopt some of the rules. And sometimes 
we make the rules where they're, they're challenging and, you know, uh, and they hurt us most of the time. But at the end of the day, if we're going to make the rules, you might as well make up the rules so that they, they benefit you to win. So it's like if you're playing baseball, right, or you're uh, playing basketball and, you know, you could make up your own rules. It, you know, you could be like, you know what, I just want to make contact with the ball. I just want to catch the ball. Like, I don't have to throw a guy out at first or I don't have to make a shot every time. I just want to get my technique down. I just want to get my, you know, be able to pass <laughs> without getting to take it away. And then you start to get better. The same thing with like stand-up. You're not going to be the best comic overnight. People wanted like Kevin Hart's success, but knowing that, uh, but not knowing that Kevin Hart put in like 20 years prior to that success. And in between that success, there was all these uh, little tiny moments of uh, setbacks and you know what I mean? And the same thing goes for any other person that you see in the spotlight. It's not an overnight thing. It's, you know, they just stayed the course no matter what they, when the excitement of the idea of becoming whatever it is you want to become uh, goes away because it does character is what pushes you through is when the excitement goes away and you're able to still show up to the gym on April 24th after the New Year's, right? <laughs> the first five, uh, the first three weeks of the New Year's, everybody's go, go, go. I'm going to the gym every day. I'm sticking to my diet or da, 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 da. But then all of a sudden you get to April and you're no longer in the gym. You're no longer eating uh, the, uh, the correct habits. And you're asking yourself, you know, why am I not looking like so-and-so? Why am I not... Thing it's like, well, what are you doing compared to what you could have done? Are you doing now? You know what I mean? One hundred percent. I mean, I think Joe, you made a great point of it's about consistency, but it's also about where you are mentally along with the work. Because I'll use an example. There are a lot of people, especially in the entertainment industry, who struggle with a lot of mental concerns. And it doesn't mean mental illness. But it can mean that a lot of them are overwhelmed and they're not sleeping, they're not eating well, they're not taking care of their body, or maybe they're surrounded by people who are just pushing them into things they may or may not want to do or audition for. And so I always say, like, you have to be able to vet out if this is something I want for myself, how is this going to make me feel after? You know, everything doesn't have to be about money. It should be about, hopefully, it should be about your passion, your drive, um, intrinsic and extrinsic motivators using that in a way to center yourself. So that way, when you feel overwhelmed, you know, I can go to this as a, um, a way, a safe haven for me. So if it's prayer or meditation, or if it's calling a friend that I can trust, I can vent for an hour, or if it's, you know, just journaling, like there's so many different avenues out there. And I think as an amazing comedian that you are, you have to be able to do what you have to go back even talk to your family and go through some of the sets and like, Hey, what do y'all think about this? You know, and get honest feedback, constructive feedback from people who you can trust. Yeah, definitely. But at the end of the day, who do you listen to? Right. Um, it comes down to three things. Like who do you listen to? Who has what you want has been where you are. Then it becomes, who do you get opinions from? It's who has what you want has been where you are. Then ultimately who do you listen to is yourself because yes, I can vent and ask questions to other people and go, does this work? How do you think about this idea? What do you feel about me moving to LA? What do you feel about me 
taking a break from stand up and becoming an actor and working on that craft because these are these are things that I had to go through personally and you know and I would talk to other people or speak to other people and they would have their own opinions about it uh, and some people would have their doubts about it some people would have their concerns and some people were like yes do it right but at the end of it I had to listen to who has been down that road before right like because I can't ask my mom like mom what do you think about this joke what do you think about me moving to LA and doing this she only could tell me so much and at the end of the day yes she unconditionally loves me but but she she is seeing from a lens of my mother right and she wants the best for me and that's great and I don't know my AC just kicked on is uh is that interfering what can you hear a little but it's okay keep going Joe um yeah, it's hot down here. <laughs> um, but if if you're asking or getting counsel by that's why it's important to have a mentor for anything that you do, and you you want to l- listen to them, but you also want to take what they say into consideration, but you don't want to be swayed too far towards the opinion of those people and you you still got to like assimilate it and you still got to analyze it and ask yourself, is it going to help better myself? Then believe it, then go down that route because I couldn't ask Leonardo DiCaprio how to become a better actor in this industry. Uh, I can ask for certain opinions on certain things, but his career path is completely different than mine. You know what I mean? I moved out to L.A. when I was about 29, 30 years old. And so to start acting, he's a child actor. So his route and his perspective and perception of the industry is completely different. And so I had to find somebody who was around my age that moved to L.A. uh, that 180 their career, (laughs) uprooted themselves from what they were doing originally start from the ground up, not knowing anything about it, didn't go to Juilliard, didn't go to NYU, didn't go to Bristol, uh, had zero uh, information about how to navigate this thing, and then couch surf, and then, (laughs) you know, go from there, and then finally break through the industry, and then now is a series regular on one of the hit shows, The Good Doctor, and that person is Will Young Lee for me, and he has a career path that I can identify with. And so he became one of my mentors and he's someone that I, when I have questions or if I have a situation going on in my career right now, I'll, I'll give him a call or I text him and I, you know, he would let me know. But at the end of the day, I still have to make the decisions based on how I feel based on my perception. Cause I, I know how far I personally can run and not everybody knows how far you can run. Right. So they could tell you from their standpoint and what they believe, but that's because it's li- sometimes it's limited based on how long have they known you? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like how they know you as, and have they been there where you're at? So yeah, it, it's a, it's, it's a different, um, it's a different approach when it comes to asking uh, questions and asking for opinions of others. You have to ask the right people 
because you could get lost really quickly if you if you you know there's some people that'll just like to um put sugar in your tank so to speak when you're on a mission or stick their foot out just to see you trip up because you know it's just how the world is sometimes and it's, i'm not seeing it from a morbid way or like you know uh, but it's just you know some people just are saying it from because they care uh you know it's it's hard out there in la it's it's too expensive or you know this this is a one in a million job you know what i mean you never know and and i listened to that as at a young age and i was supposed to come out to la when i was 19 and then I heard how hard it's going to be and, you know, the Illuminati and all this stuff. And <laughs> you know what I mean? you're like, oh, man. And of course, you know, you have all that. And it probably does exist, I'm sure. But there's also people that are amazing in this industry. There's people that are amazing in life. And so what I use as a motto going through all that especially when people come to me and go oh man joe i'm having a rough go at this um i'll tell them hey when you're looking for gold there's a lot of dirt (laughs) but remember we're not looking for dirt we're looking for gold and the dirt meaning the negative people or the negative situations the the hiccups the you know uh losing a job and trying to find a job or not getting this but then when you do get the job, when you do find somebody that's helpful and amazing, when you do find yourself living in a place uh, of your own, when you do find yourself in a better circumstance, that's the gold we're looking for, not the dirt. So always focus on the gold and not on the dirt. I love that. Um, you just, I think you're dropping a lot of wisdom for people who need to hear that because I think many of us get fixated on automatic negative thinking or you know, cognitive distortions that we continue to repeat within our, ourselves and we lose sight of the actual goals we can set for ourselves. So I think that's a really great way of looking at it, Joe. And it kind of segues into a question I wanted to talk about, which is, I know earlier we were talking about comedy and I want to go into acting for a moment. Um, do you mind kind of sharing what's one special ingredient yeah. that you've used within yourself to stand out when you've gone on auditions? Is there anything specific that's kind of landed you the job that had you stand out maybe versus someone else? That's a great question. I mean, it's, again, it's subjective. I mean, I've, I've, I've been going at it for about three and a half years now with auditioning and it's changed every time. Like, (laughs) but there's one similarity that I realized that um, going into it was, you're going in there. I compared it to like stand up, right? In stand up, we had open mics. Open mics is you're given a certain amount of time to showcase your talent to a bunch of strangers and to get them to to, uh, to win them over, right? So the same thing with uh, with auditioning. It's the same thing. You're getting a certain amount of time to showcase your talent to a bunch of strangers to win them over, but. It's a little different because, well, it's not a little different. It's actually the same. What, what, what it is is because the reason why you would get chosen, the reason why you would get booked for something is also the same reason you won't get chosen and the same reason you won't get booked. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, okay, they'll be like, uh, we're looking for... Uh, 
a character who's this, that, and the other, blah, 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 you might get the job because you're a well-known actor. But you also might not get the job because you're a well-known actor. (laughs) Or you'll get the job because you have short black hair. But you probably won't get the job because you have short black hair. Uh, You'll probably get the job because you're six foot two. Or you probably won't get the job because you're six foot two. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I get what you're saying. And I think if you go back to, like you said, it being subjective. And there have been cases I've heard. Now, you can tell me if I'm wrong on this. But that maybe they had a role that was meant for someone who's Caucasian. And then an African-American person gets the role because the producer, after having them read, they really felt confident in how strong and in the ability they had to portray a character completely different than themselves. I- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big one too. It's um, again when you're giving sides or uh, you don't know a script and you're giving the character breakdown. This is this is all you know. This is all from different people right so the cast director reads the script and they kind of create a breakdown for those characters for you and this is all interpretations of the character obviously the writer knows what they're writing and what they want but even then they don't even know so when it's on the page it's it's a two-dimensional character right but once once the actor gets a hold of the the character and can breathe life into it, then it's like, whoa. So if you could bring truth to the character, it's almost like, it's almost like some kind of mitosis happens, right? Like you start to mesh yourself with the character and the character comes through and you just like embody it. Like um, there's a movie that just came out recently, Elvis. Uh, have you watched it? I haven't seen that one yet, um, but I will definitely check it out. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. So there's an actor, Austin Butler. He was a... He is a <clears throat> actor from, like, Disney, I believe. But, um, you know, they were auditioning for... They were auditioning, but they were looking for Elvis to play young and then, obviously, till his dying day. And it was good to go to like Miles Teller and a couple other actors. And it wasn't until Austin Butler came into the picture that he blew the producers away by. He ended up singing and playing the piano. He played Unchained Melody, which is one of the final songs that Elvis sang in his life and Elvis lost his mom around 23 years old. And so did Austin Butler. Austin Butler lost his mother about 23 years old. So when he played that song, Unchained Melody in a robe on a piano and just recorded himself, that was his audition. He played it with so much conviction. He played it with so much just heart that it's, it swayed the producers to go with him. And he was going up against Miles Teller and a couple other actors. And Miles Teller is the it guy right now. And he got the role. 
So it goes to show that if you can just bring life to the character, if you could embody the character and show and live in that and not imitate and not, not go look at me, act like this character or act like this person. But once you're watching, you could get lost in this person, a human being, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And that's what separates most actors from the professional act, the degree of a good actor to an elite actor, right? It's, it's the believability, the, how natural they are on screen or how natural they are on stage or how, um, their stage presence, you'll hear things like that person was electrifying. That person is brilliant. He lit up the stage. Like these are all adjectives of like energy. So there is a weight. There is an energy to being that kind of force when you walk into a room or you're putting on a tape and that's comes with doing the work. And that's comes with, you know, going to classes that, that goes with reading books that goes with studying the craft and constantly working your instrument mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, like in being a human uh, being really getting in tune with who you are as a human being, because at the end of the day, you have to remove your ego and allow another person's ego to come through and they have to trust you that, they can live through you because if they can't live through you and they can't trust you, it won't come through. And I say that because a lot of people have assumptions about characters. They have their reservations about characters and they try to change these characters into fitting their mold as opposed to the opposite where you are supposed to fit into the character's mold. But yeah. Wow. I mean, Joe, I mean, that really stood out to me because when we talk about attunement, I think like if you're not in a, in the right emotional state and I always believe in energy versus time because a lot of times people say, oh, I want mm. your time, but actually they're wanting your energy. And if you're giving off bad energy or if you're lethargic and worn out or exhausted or exasperated due to something you've experienced before meeting someone, you can be in the room with them for only one minute and zap all the energy out of the room. But when you're actually in the right state and you're doing it for the right purpose and you love what you're doing and it becomes more of a career for you instead of just a job you know then you put all of it into it and that goes back to you with producing having your own show um auditioning because we all know with auditions you can read all the sides in the world and have given the best audition and still not get the role and it has nothing to do with you it's just they're in a different direction but i think joe that just shows um the resiliency that you have that no matter how many times you were told no or maybe or maybe next time or we'll keep your name, you still continue to fight to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep achieving the goals at my pace. I mean, and I loved seeing and hearing that you were in a Super Bowl commercial because that's amazing. I mean, especially um, you and I both being people of color, <laughs> you know, that is an experience that it's like you make it to another milestone in your career, but yeah. you don't want to lose sight of what it takes to get there. But that is like the pinnacle of success for a lot of people. Hey, I actually made it on a commercial that millions of people in the world are going to see. And even if it was only for a second, it doesn't matter. You know, that's still something that's great on your resume and people will remember those moments. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a very uh, beautiful situation. I mean, I didn't even know I was shooting for a Super Bowl commercial. Wow. Yeah, and the funny thing about it is it was like one week out when we shot it. It was like one week out from the Super Bowl. So I was like, it, it didn't even cross my mind that it could potentially be a Super Bowl commercial. And then uh, it wasn't until I got calls and text messages and everybody was like, I just saw you on the Super Bowl. I was like, what? They were just like, commercial on the Super Bowl. I was like, which commercial? <laughs> and then and then it was a T-Mobile commercial. It was amazing. And um, yeah, I remember missing it because I was in line getting pizza. <laughs> 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 but people recorded it. People, you know, obviously you got like, uh, you know, live TV, you could pause it and rewind it. And everybody was just like sending me the video. It was amazing. And the crazy thing about it, it was uh, my my Super Bowl team, it was my my, uh, my home team, San Francisco 49ers. I'm a diehard 49er fan. And it was during when they got to the Super Bowl. So it was just an incredible uh, experience to have that. And yeah, you're right. Like nobody could take that away from me. <clears throat> and that's the ghost for everybody else. Like nobody could take that away from you when you achieve something or you succeed in something, whether people know it or not, something you've achieved uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, emotionally, something that you were able to overcome and you, you experienced it, right? Like, you know, in the day and age of like Instagram and like social media, everybody wants to be like, I got this, I did this I, personal record and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Which is great. That's fine. But even without that, Right. Like overcoming uh, maybe mindset. Right. Or before you would be more impulsive and now you're more, um, you know, now you're more calculated or you're more um, you have discernment now <laughs> or before you would be reactive. But now you're you're, you're responsible. You don't you know, maybe you're paying your bills on time. <laughs> that, that was me for a while. I never used to pay my bills on time. And it became an achievement for me to get to a point where I could pay my bills on time. And I didn't have to go online and be like, guys, I'm paying my bills on time. Now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like something that I'm able to do. And I go, okay, since I've done that, I could do something. And it was something challenging for me back in the day. Like I, I, money, just me and money just never, uh, my relationship with money wasn't that great. And so I had to learn to have a better relationship with money. So I was like, well, where else is that seeping into? If my relationship with money is not good, good, now imagine what my relationships with my family is. Where's my relationships with my career? Where's my relationships with just life, my relationship with God or whatever the case may be. So I started checking my relationships. And so the funny thing about dialing in and keying in like that is you start to ask a lot of other questions. It's like, now you could check in on yourself. Like, where am I at mentally? Where am I at physically? Where am I at emotionally? Where am I at, you know? And and if you're not where you want to be, find out where you're at and start moving towards uh, a betterment as opposed to going, hey, I, I'm so far behind that it doesn't even matter anymore. The world's coming to a, a crazy place right now. The world might end next week or whatever the case may be. That was me right before 2012. Like I literally didn't care about things. I was like, I'm not going to pay off these credit cards. I'm not going to pay off these student loans. I'm not going to 
uh, you know what I mean? I, I was like becoming very reactive to the fact that it might be the end of the world in 2012. <clears throat> and so once 2012 happened and nothing happened and we're still here, I was like, oh man, I got to get my life together. And, you know, and I, I took it one day at a time. I took it one bill at a time. I took it one one moment at a time, one challenge at a time. And then after a while, you start to find yourself creating success momentum. I say success momentum because momentum is a powerful thing. Like in sports, when you hear they got the momentum now, the reason that is, is because they had little successes in between, right? A little steal here, a bucket here, a stop here, you know, a, a, a turnover here. These are little successes. So it's like, for me, it was like, oh, <clears throat> I got a raise here. Oh, I got an opportunity here. Um, you know, I got a, a applause break here. These little successes. And then it starts to build more uh, activity and activity builds, um, you know, results and results build confidence and success builds confidence and confidence builds activity, activity builds. So it just starts to make this snowball effect. But there's also the alt, the opposite of that, which is failure momentum, which is if you're not taking action, which is you're, you're, you're not getting results and then you're not becoming confident and then you're not getting success and you're finding failure. And then you go from failure, then you, you're, you, now you're no longer active and then you're no longer getting results and that you're no longer getting, uh, you know, uh, confidence in that. So it's, so how do you reverse that or how do you stop that? It's like you, you take a moment, regroup, refocus, just like any other game, time out. <laughs> and then you find out, okay, where are we? What's the score? Oh, okay, we're we're down. I had a credit score of four four forty, uh four ninety-four. <laughs> and it, I was like, oh man, you know, I had to really check that out. But I was afraid to look at it. I was afraid to look at my bank account because I would just wait until I got overdrafted. But oh, nope, no more money. But once it became, okay, I have to start looking at the score, knowing where I am so that I could build on that. If you don't know where you're at in your career, if you don't know where you're at in life, you don't know where you're at in relationships, you don't know where you're at mentally, physically, spiritually, how are you going to be able to grow? You know what I mean? So that's when you become conscious of all that. So there's a thing called success consciousness. And it's the same thing like being health conscious. This is you're thinking about it and you're and you're focused on it and you're you become more aware of what makes you successful. You become you, you find yourself being more aware of what makes you healthy and you start ap- applying that. So it's the same thing with your career or life or whatever it is. You can utilize all these things because they're all they're all the same. There's nothing not you can't use from something else that works and apply it to something else that you're doing. So I probably just went on a tangent like always, but <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe, you didn't. I think you were on point because it just reminds us that everything does align with, with each other. Like, as you mentioned, if it's spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, you know, there's things that we all experience and we may not know in that moment that we're setting ourselves up for a positive future but if you can actually sit down, I like to keep vision boards and I've been doing that for many years. And so I will put names, um, things I want to do in my life, time frames. And even if you don't reach the, the total vision for that year, you can always revise your goal, add things to it. If there's something that surprises you that you were able to do that you didn't think you would actually be able to do. 
then you can add like little small, like short-term and long-term goals. And I love doing that for me because it keeps me motivated to know that no matter even yeah. if I didn't achieve this to the best of my ability, that doesn't mean that I didn't do something well because I still went after it with the same zeal, the same energy that I would have if I did have the top success. And so I love to fail because in failing, I learn more about who I am and how I survived it. And then also what I'm going to do moving forward. So I don't have to feel the way I felt the first time I failed. And so that keeps me motivated. And it also reminds me that, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be perfect and I don't need to strive for that. I just need to strive to be better than I was yesterday. Of course. You want to know a funny thing about our vision boards and what you're saying? Tell me about it. Because I would do the same thing. I started like, you know, but I always used to ask like, what is the purpose of them? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I understood, but I was like, how, what, like, <laughs> what is really happening here? Like, what is really, like, why is it working? You know what I mean? And it's because what vision boards do, because sometimes you won't get exactly what's on the vision board. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, there's similarity to it. You're like, oh, that was on my vision board. And I used to have a manifestation board. It was a difference between a visualization board. It was like uh, the visualization board become a manifestation board, meaning the things that did I achieved and it came to fruition and it manifested. And then I would keep that board and I would remind myself like, wow, I achieved those things, right? So what's happening is everything that you're looking at on your vision board, you're, it, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's having you come up with a feeling, right? It's making you feel like people are like, how you Joe? How do I manifest a, a, a TV or a car? Uh, well, there's a feeling that comes with that when you, when you see that car, when you see that TV. So it's more, you want to focus on that feeling. So the visualization is you actually from the external stimuli is actually creating a feeling inside you that is projecting back out, right? It's like a mirror. And so that feeling is creating uh, this emotion, emotion, energy, emotion, a frequency. So once you do it frequently, now you have a frequency. It's a frequent energy, a frequent emotion that you're feeling all the time. And you get what you get. Uh, you get what you think about most of the time, right? So what ends up happening is you start to get closer and closer to the things that you want. And you most of the time manifest the thing that you're most in alignment with at that time and where you are in that moment. So that's why it's good to be mindful of how you feel and what you're thinking and feeling all most of the time. That's what they say, uh, you know, thinking is a little more easier to, ch uh, to, to grasp, but feeling is actually one of the best ways to navigate life because that's your gut, right? That's your, that's your instinct that it, there's less interference there because your brain and you're thinking there's so many other information that comes in every day from social media, news, whatever the case may be, friends, and they're just bombarding you with all this information. But with the gut, you're able to discern from all of that information that is easily because your eyes and ears will deceive you. But it's easier for the gut. You can't really fool the gut because the gut always knows. And there's also science uh, proven fact that there's the same white matter that's in your brain is also in your gut. And so it's like the second brain. So I say that to say this very long winded uh, thing, but it's 
if I asked you uh, if you could give me one thing you would like to share that's on your vision board, uh, if you'd be open to that, I'd be love to, I would love to oh, hear sure. it. Yeah, well, one person that's on my vision board that I would love to speak to um, is Tyler Perry. And, and, nice. and so I'm a huge fan of his. I mean, he's from New Orleans. I'm from New Orleans. Um, and he's done wow. a lot of amazing things in his career and it's not i don't want to talk to him for anything other than to ask him about his experiences through life surviving a lot of tragedies he's going through i've gone through a lot of personal tragedies myself and so i and i've survived it and i've learned from it and so for me i just want to talk to a successful person in life more than just in business and being able to, to learn more about just growing up from where and selling his movies and doing stuff from out of his car to having stage plays to having setting up his own studio in Georgia. Like just where did that come from and how did he manage it? And so to me, that's really what I want to talk to him. And the funny thing is I actually spoke to an actress. Um, I, if you get a chance to listen back to this, I did two or part one and part two, and she's actually in his um, show they um he's done all the the queen's men and and so she and i have been kind of talking for a while and oh, wow. i told her i said hey i mailed tyler perry a book a long time ago and she's like well i'm gonna try to check with the producers and see maybe they can find it i'm like that'd be cool because i wanted him to read something i wrote during the pandemic and he really talked about you know struggles that um people of color go through and i wrote a book of poetry and i sent it to him because I thought this was something we all needed to see and read and hear. So yeah, for me, that will be definitely someone I'm looking yeah. forward to. I know the day will come, you know, if he's still alive and I'm alive, I will love for that day to happen. But it's just one thing that I've always <laughs> admired his Understood. art and not just to reaching success, but that he has stayed humble and lovable and caring throughout this experience. And she said he, he is an amazing human being um inside and out and i said man that's one person i don't know yeah, when that that. gonna come but like that's one person i want to talk to and the second person is tori kelly who's one of my favorite singers i've seen her in concert a few times and i've always wanted to interview and talk with her and so i've talked about her a lot in a lot of my episodes so hopefully one day i'll get that opportunity um because i love a lot of what she stood for and how she has made it in her own career, her own way, and she didn't have to do it based on what other people believe. So those are two people we love to talk to. Love it. I love it. And it's so, it will happen. You want to know why it's going to happen? Tell me why. Because if we went down and I asked you why you wanted to meet these people, which you did, and then I asked you why again, and then you go deeper because, you know, uh, and then you'll tell me another answer and i ask you why again, and then you'll give me another answer, right? But you ask why so many times, why anybody wants anything. Doesn't matter how selfless we are. When we get to the core root of why we want anything is because it feels good. Does that make sense? makes a hundred percent sense to me and i so if so if that's the case if if why we want anything especially anything that's on a visualization board anything that's been on our mind for a long time on our hearts for a long time if we want anything 
It's because it feels good. The same reason why we want to take a nap when we're tired. It's because it feels good. The same reason why we want to drink something when we're thirsty because it feels good, right? It, it takes you outside of this uncomfortable feeling or, you, you know you know what I mean? So whatever the case may be, it's, it's very natural for us to go what feels good. But what happens if we get distortion because we hear a lot of things of like, uh, starving artists, uh, it's a grind. Uh, you know what I mean? This vocabulary kind of cha- challenges us a lot and we have to remove some of that. And we have to realize that if we just focus on feeling good, we're actually going to get the things that we want because the things that we want feel good. So if you were to make any goal, if you don't have a goal today or goal right now or the goal for the next week, <laughs> The goal should be to do things or to feel, uh, to think things or to feel things that feel good, feel good, feel good. Now that's always your, that's always my set, my preset focus and goal is to feel good, feel good now. Because if I follow that feeling, if I follow that excitement, if I follow that, then eventually I'm going to align with the thing that I want the most, which is why I get certain experiences out of the blue because I'm not that smart. I don't know how. Everybody always asks me, how'd you get that? How'd you get that? How'd you get that? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I pray all the time. But at the end of the day, it's because I feel good. And the things what I, and then there's the opposite, right? The things that you, that don't feel good, you also get because that's what you're putting out. And what, by law, what you put out, you get back. So the things you don't want don't feel good. And the things you do want do feel good. So if you start to weigh out what are you getting, if you like, you know, weigh it out, the things that you've gotten in the past days and list how many things that you didn't get uh, that weren't good and list the things that were good. And if one is higher than the other, you should check that and start to go, okay, I'm getting less things that feel good. Let's start feeling good, feeling good now. And my feeling good is completely different than somebody else's feeling good. What feels good to me may not feel good to you, but you know, the goal is to feel good, feel good now so that you get closer and closer to the thing that you truly want. And then all of a sudden you'll be surprised when you don't be surprised when you start getting that call from Tyler Perry. <laughs> don't be surprised when you start getting uh, like an email or an opportunity pops up and it says, Hey, Taylor, uh, Tyler Perry is down the street from your house. <laughs> and those are the opportunities. And that's when you got to seize the moment. You're right about that. Thank you for saying that, Joe. I think that's something we all need to hear. And no matter how big or small our goals are, I think it's just about, like you said, feeling good and also just manifesting that positivity. Unconditionally, though, unconditionally, don't say, but Joe, I've been, you know, feeling good (laughs) and I haven't been getting the things that I want. And it's like, well, you know, that doesn't feel good. (laughs) That's true. And I, I love that you said it. And I, I'm a big believer and it's not in my timing. And sometimes that can be the hardest thing for people. Oh, yeah. I'm challenged by that all the time. Like I got a callback. I got four callbacks in the last week and I haven't booked any of those things. But I feel good because I'm like, oh, at least I got the callback. Right. Or uh, at least I'm still in L.A. At least I'm still pursuing the truth. It's like I have to find a way to feel good. And, you know, because I, I, I slip up. I'm only human. You know, I find myself uh, having uh, mm-hmm. uh, not so good days. You know what I mean? But then when that happens, yeah, you could, li- 
you can think about it, you can live in it, but don't dwell in it. Don't stay in it. You know what I mean? Like, always find a way out. That's right. Damn. So, Joe, were you and I going to be for each other? So, if you ever start having those days, text me and I'll be your feel good partner. You'll be like, hey, I ain't feeling good. <laughs> and I can be like, Joe. Yeah, we got we to hold each other accountable. I'm feeling good. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, Joe, I only have two more questions for you. I'm going to combine these last two. So the, the first part of the question is, um, what's next for you? Is there anything that you want to kind of share things that you're working on as it relates to production life? And then the last part of that question is, how can our listeners find you online? Perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what I'm working on right now is just, man, just building uh, building my career, you know, building the craft. Like, you know, I, have a, you know, I was talking about stand-up in the beginning of this and, you know, I, I've actually haven't done stand-up in about a couple years when pandemic hit. And I've done a couple shows here and there, but for the most part, I've been more focused on acting because that's that's where my focus is because, you know, I don't want to split my focus. And when I talked to, to Tommy Davidson, when I first moved out of here, I was like, hey, man, I want to get into acting, but I want to be a dramatic actor. I don't want to be a comedic actor. You know, should I not tell people I do stand-up, you know, at the time? Or should I separate it from my resume? And he's like, you have to make that decision now. And so I was like, all right. So I decided, okay, I'll focus on acting. Uh, having a stand-up background helps because, you know, it's a discipline I had for 10 years. But being an actor, you know, there's so many people that have put in the work, that put in years. And so if I want to compete or be on that level, I also got to put the uh, put in that work in. And that's what I've been focused on right now. I'm in classes three days a week. I'm constantly revising, you know, my reel. I'm constantly auditioning every week. I'm constantly networking. I'm constantly, you know, but all that that I'm saying I'm constantly doing is I, I feel good doing that. I'm not doing it because I have to do it. Nobody forced me to do what I'm doing at all. Uh, I could literally quit or give up acting or being in the entertainment, uh, entertainment industry in tomorrow. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect me as like my life you know what I mean because I know that if I did that is because it didn't feel good to me but I don't feel like that and it does feel good to do what I'm doing right now so I continue down this route so my next productions uh that I have personally since I told you that I you know to get more experience to get more exposure to get more uh to build a platform for other people uh, I'm looking to start writing my own material for short films and other things, plays I'm about to put up and uh, not write, but that are already made and then produce those so that I can uh, be more uh, seasoned as a character, be more seasoned as a film actor, be more seasoned as a stage actor and to give something to my friends and family back home to see more than just a, a you know a couple lines on a co-star on a show, uh, which are amazing by the way because I get to be on those shows. Um, but yeah, it's just going to give me more of an incentive of that feeling of wow, if I could do this, I could do anything. Um, yeah, if I could produce my own play in the next year or so, I could do anything. If I could produce my own short film in the next year or so, I could do anything. And if I could book my next co-star, I mean my next co-star, my next guest star in the next week or two, that'll be amazing. And my first national commercial under SAG, that's one of my intentions. That's going to be amazing. Uh, but for right now, just follow my journey. 
Uh, I do plan on coming back to stand up uh, in the next year or so as well. So keep your eye on that too. And you can find me on Instagram, the real Joe time. If you Google Joe Corzo, uh, obviously my name right there, J-O-E-C-O-R-Z-O, put that in Google. I'll pop up. You can check my IMDb and you can find shows that I've been on there. You can check out their episodes. Um, yeah, reach out to me if you have any questions after this podcast. I'm always open on my DMs. Uh, and yeah, message me. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And yeah, if you have any questions on just life or career, or just you want to say what's up, hit me. Joe, this has been such an amazing time having you on the show. I would love to have you back in the future if you're ever open to sharing your story again. Um, update us on things that are going on or if you choose a specific subject you want to talk about. I think you did a great job of just being yourself, talking about issues I think that many of us do struggle with. Whether if we're in the entertainment business or not, we all have our lives that are in experiences and things we go through on challenges and we just have to find the best way to smile and find our best way to kind of live authentically within ourselves. And I think, Joe, you're living proof that if you believe in yourself, you'll see positivity and put it out there to the world that anything's possible. So we're just so glad to have you here. Oh, it's blessings, bro. I appreciate that. I will receive that. And likewise, I appreciate you having me on your platform and I really dig what you're doing. And I understand that you were telling me that you just want to be able to share a space for people to kind of escape to and, uh, you know, learn and grow and, uh, have value added to them. And, uh, I appreciate you. Uh, I definitely want to check out one of your books. So yeah, please let me know how I can uh, contribute towards that. Sure. I would definitely send you some information and I, I think I can help contribute in something that you mentioned earlier and I'll talk to you about it privately, but I want to be able to help you move forward and be as successful as possible. And I know you're just at the beginning of where you want to be because oh. I said you, you have the ability, but you also have the intuitiveness and, not everyone has discernment and that ability. And I think you having that along with your talent is just going to get you to levels that you wouldn't even imagine at the time. <laughs> I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Joe. And thank you guys for listening to another episode on Black Canvas. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, we thank you so much, Joe. And I can't wait for you to be back on the show soon. And I hope you have a great rest of your evening. All right, brother. Thank you so much. You guys have a great one. Take care. Okay, bye,